This is The Space Shot, episode 312 for March 22nd, 2018. STS-3, no more white external tanks. I'm John Mulnix. I've got a little bit of mission news that I want to share before we jump into some shuttle mission history. The European Space Agency announced that the Aerial, or the Atmospheric Remote Sensing Exoplanet Large Survey spacecraft, will be launching. Its goal is to, quote, investigate the atmospheres of several hundred planets orbiting distant stars in order to address the fundamental questions of how planetary systems form and evolve. I'm linking to the mission page in the show notes, so check it out. This looks like it's going to be a fantastic mission. This is a little bit random, but I dig the retro vibe that the mission patch has going. I'm going to have to snag something with that logo once it's out. Now for some shuttle history. The Space Shuttle Columbia lifted off on STS-3, the third flight of the shuttle program, on March 22, 1982. Astronauts Jack Lausma and Gordon Fullerton flew on an eight-day mission designed to test the endurance of the shuttle, as well as various components and systems like the then-new Canadian-built robotic arm. Lausma was a veteran of Skylab 3 and had supported Apollos 9, 10, and 13. His flight on the shuttle Columbia was his second and final flight into space. Besides testing extremes in thermal stress for the orbiter and the first test of the 50-foot remote manipulator system, the Canadian-built robotic arm, the crew also performed numerous experiments in the middeck. I'm linking to a Flight Highlights video presentation in the show notes. The sequences of the arm are sped up and therefore aren't in real time, but it's still incredible to see the first version of the Canadian-built robotic arm working for the first time in space. STS-3 was notable from a visual standpoint because it was the first time that the orbiter launched with the distinctive orange shuttle external tank. The first two shuttle missions featured white external tanks, or ETs. The white paint was initially meant to help add another layer of insulation. It was thought that the white would reflect the sun's rays off of the tank, thereby increasing the effectiveness of the insulation. This turned out to be an immaterial addition, so it was decided that the tanks would not be painted. Leaving the ETs unpainted meant that NASA was able to shave about 600 pounds off of the weight of the shuttle stack, which allowed for more payload to be taken into orbit. This mission was also notable for another reason that I'll be talking about on March 30th, the date the shuttle landed at a very unique airport where it had a little wheelie action at landing. Now, let's move forward to the mid-1990s with STS-76, the third shuttle Mir mission. The shuttle Atlantis launched on a nine-day mission, taking astronaut Shannon Lucid to the venerable Russian station for the only long-duration stay on Mir by a female American astronaut. Lucid's flight on Mir was the longest mission for an American woman until Sunita Williams flew to the International Space Station in 2007, and her record was later broken by astronaut Peggy Whitson. The shuttle Mir flights helped lay a foundation for the International Space Station, proving procedures that would be essential to the ISS, like long-duration flights and orbital construction. Flights to Mir came to an end as construction on the ISS started to ramp up. 
On a related note for Mir, we will be talking about the end of that station in tomorrow's episode, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. One of the things I enjoy watching while researching the shuttle flights are the videos that the National Space Society has available on their website. These videos have astronaut commentary on the mission, and they're a great resource to watch. One of the things I noticed on this flight were the water bags that the crew of Atlantis filled during their stay at Mir. The fuel cells on board the shuttle produced water as a byproduct of their normal functioning. So much water, in fact, that the extra was able to be stored in bags for use by cosmonauts and American astronaut Shannon Lucid during her long-duration flight on the station. I'm linking to these videos for both STS-3 and 76 in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. I have one last thing to share for today's episode, a birthday. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Canadian actor William Shatner was born on March 22, 1931, and he just turned 87 today. Happy birthday to Captain Kirk. Shatner didn't just have a five-year mission for acting, he's been active for over a half century. Shatner played numerous other characters throughout a long career in both film and TV. I'm linking to his IMDb profile in the show notes. Many of us know him as Captain Kirk, but he was also on TJ Hooker and Boston Legal, among other shows. Tomorrow, Gemini 3 and the Immolation of Mir. Since you're here and I've got your ear, give me 30 seconds of your time. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>